Welcome to the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, the podcast on all things Marvel on the Fangirl Zone. I am Mischievous Dave. I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. Today we'll be talking about episode one of season one of Hawkeye, titled Never Meet Your Heroes, written by Jonathan Igla and directed by Reese Thomas. Here you go, Reese. Okay, people. Initial reaction, Sean, what did you think? I like Bill. But at the same time, as I'm watching, I'm like, all right, how's Kate Bishop going to turn into this badass that apparently she's in the comics? Because right now I'm like, you know, I feel like you need to be slapped. <laughs> need to be what? Slapped. Slapped. Oh, man. Yeah, just some of the stupid. But then I'm like, wait, no, she's coming up as privileged kid upper. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say upper east side. I don't know if that's right. In New York, whatever. I was like, uh, maybe. Okay. He's, uh, but 20, I'm liking going on 16. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so far, I'm like, okay. I am very angry with some of the things that I've seen online reviewing it. And as I watch, all I kept thinking is, okay, those are those real toxic kind of fans. Like, ah, oh, how did this? How did, how did this? What about this? It's like, did you even like pay attention to the opening sequence? Because that would have explained it. Yep. So I am on board. I'm not like, oh my God, this is great. No, that's because it's not zombies. But, you know, we'll see what <laughs> happens. You never know. We might get some more zombies in this. You never know. But I am firmly in the I'm watching column. Steve, I know we're not rating this, but are you going to give it four, <laughs> three out of five uh, zombies? Not zombies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoyed this episode. It was nice to, you know, it was a world building episode, so it was a little slow at times. But I like to see Kate's backstory. But there is that one part where they're they're just. I have a hard time buying that bell tower. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they never ring it for a reason. <laughs> uh, apparently so. <laughs> I have to pay for a bell tower. Yep. I'm sure and, that's not cheap. Yeah. And, you know, it's good to have Clint back. It was even better to see him with his kids. And he's got such a great dry sense of humor that I think that this team up will be hilarious as the season goes on i i'm excited for that that's for sure i I like how you can read the exasperation on his face with everything he has to yes. deal with <laughs> i think that's pretty funny even like, getting a pretty free, much free meal Ugh. right like no that's not what i wanted well i liked it i liked the uh first episode better than the uh, second episode bonus night we had to get two at once because they wanted us to record two podcasting episodes in the same day it's a no break for you Right. <laughs> and, and I know we're not uh, rating this, but if we were to, I would give it four out of five magically fitting Ronin suits. <laughs> Fits everybody. Yeah. Small, hey, medium, it, large, doesn't matter. Maybe there's one strap in there. Should put it on there. a little kid. A lot of Velcro. Yeah. Should um, put on the little kid. Yeah. I'm thinking it's more like the Wildcat suit. It fits whoever oh, puts it on. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I was thinking of that. And I'm like, okay, I won't do the crossover. But <laughs> so, do you want me to get into a little storyline news here? Does someone else want to pick that up? Oh, so I can ahead. do it. I'm working out. Okay. Okay, jump in. Former Avenger Clint Barton has a seemingly simple mission. Get back to his family for Christmas. Possible? Maybe with the help of Kate Bishop, a 22-year-old going on 16, Archer, with dreams of becoming a superhero. The two are forced together with a presence from Barton's past threatens to de derail far more than a festive spirit. Well, that's what uh, Doctor Strange is for, fixing everything. <laughs> Give me my suit back. Marvel's Hawkeye series hasn't premiered yet on Disney+, Plus, but the studio's already moving forward for the spinoff, Echo. 
And you think that's, you got a theory on that, Steve? Is that your Vera Farmiga theory? I think so. Yeah, why is that? I asked Steve before that, like, why is Vera Farmiga on this show? Steve thought he heard an echo. Explain. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think that it's, it makes too much sense. I don't really think this series of Hawkeye is actually going to wrap up with a good ending. I think it's going to end up being a little open-ended. I think hopefully Clint will get back to his family (laughs) (laughs) for Christmas. But yeah, I don't think it'll wrap up whatever major issue is going to arise in this season. And I think that's where we're going to end up seeing Echo kind of take over things and resolve the baddie. Because, I mean, the baddies could be just about anything at this point. Well, I don't think it's, it's the tracksuit mafia. Yeah, I was just about to say, I hope it's an improvement over the tracksuit mafia. <laughs> well, I thought that was supposed to somehow lead in. Well, this I thought was supposed to lead into Young Avengers. And then Echo, I thought, was going to kind of button hook into it, too. That sounds reasonable to me. I mean, it just, and then now that I read a little more ahead, I um, changed my question from earlier. <laughs> so I'm wondering if the person who's going to be playing Echo, who we know is going to be on Hawkeye at some point. Yep, is, we have some notes. It's the person that I'm thinking it is then, which we'll get to. Yeah. Well, we first heard about Echo back in March being in early development, and Disney made it official that the series is happening. Sending around Maya Lopez, a deaf Native American superhero, has the talent to imitate any opponent's fighting style. Hmm, I guess that's where they got Echo. Alakwa Cox is playing Maya and will be introduced during the Hawkeye 6 run episode. Like to see how. Yes. <laughs> see, and I know when they first posted that graphic for Echo on Disney Days, which was a couple weeks back, that people were losing their minds because there had been talk that Charlie Cox was coming back as Daredevil. Right. And they're like, oh my God, they're bringing him back and this is going to be his. And everybody was flipping out. And He's attached like, okay. to everything. Right. <laughs> I mean, if they're all in New York, at some point, they should meet up. I mean, granted, I love the Defenders, and the Heroes for Hire need to be back in Disney fold, but I'm like, really? You're going to use Echo for that name? So I think I like better where they're going with this, because that sounds way too weird otherwise. All right, shall we jump into our little recap? Archer Kate Bishop lands in the middle of a criminal conspiracy, forcing Hawkeye out of retirement. That sounds all sweet and nice, like it was no big deal. Right. (laughs) Out of retirement. Okay. Superheroes get to retire? Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we start in 2012. It was just an ordinary day for the Bishop family until aliens started falling out of the sky. Eleanor and Derek Bishop argue over financial woes in the opening flashback sequence, and Kate's mother utters the ominous line, You got used to the idea a solution would just fall out of the sky. As well as foreshadowing the alien attack, Eleanor's quote suggests the Bishop family benefited from the Battle of New York. Eleanor clearly isn't struggling for money in the present day, after all. That was some hell of an apartment or a condo or whatever that is. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, didn't she say it was the condo or something? And I'm like, holy smokes. That, that's what you consider a condo? I don't uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We have very different ideas of what that is. Yes. It's like an elevated mansion. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, pod dog agrees. Pod dog agrees. Overhearing a tense argument between her parents, young Kate Bishop confesses to eavesdropping on them. Because otherwise, how would she know what they're talking about? True. Good point. 
Her dad, Derek, smooths things over, and her mom, Eleanor, then suggests a game of checkers. Sounds like a regular family afternoon until the Chitauri start attacking New York City. A young Kate Bishop spots Chitauri fighters and a giant leviathan floating over her luxury apartment complex. The sequence offers a rare street-level glimpse of an MCU event that feels all too familiar by this point. Unfortunately for Gate, the Bishop family lived directly opposite Stark Tower, Battle of New York's epicenter. <laughs> I love how they're tying it all together. Right. Yeah. In real estate, they would say, location, location, location. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. In this case, not so great. As she looks out across her smashed balcony, Kate claps eyes on the distinctive outline of the MCU's most famous building, which still clings to four of its five letters. Kate witnesses a famous moment from the Avengers, but through a completely new angle. The youngster catches Hawkeye atop a skyscraper, taking down multiple Chitari enemies, then performing his patented jump-and-twist maneuver with an exploding arrow. Hawkeye reveals how Clint Barton saved Kate Bishop's life during this very scene, and his movements from Kate's perspective line up almost perfectly compared to the corresponding sequence in The Avengers. God, they're good at doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, the Bishop penthouse is caught in the crosshairs, and Derek, unfortunately, is killed. Or is he? Izzy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Promising to take care of her daughter, Eleanor asks Kate if she needs something. And yeah, she does. A bow and arrow. She saw someone use a bow and arrow during the battle, and now she wants one too. The MCU Hawkeye series is essentially a lucid adaptation of Matt Fraction and David Aja's 2012 comic run, and sure enough, Fraction serves as a consulting producer for the show. Now, during the opening sequence, the Marvel logo has been updated to include Shang-Chi. Gotta stay current. Yep. Hawkeye's opening titles pay homage to the source material by mimicking Asia's unique art style. The color palette, abundance of geometric shapes, and the arrow motif all draw directly from his imagery. And even the logo font <laughs> is a comic book callback. I love how cool. in that, the Hawkeye portion of like the animated opening you get to see like stuff that they're not telling you outright in the story. Right. And I'm like, okay, if you're paying attention, then you're, oh, okay, look at, she's doing gymnastics. She's doing martial arts. She's doing archery and like winning and winning and winning. It's like, okay, little things. And this is what I said. All those horrible people who were saying, how did she do this? How did she just watch? Yes. Pay Jeez. attention to what's going on. <laughs> Don't skip the opening credits. Cause if you do, something's wrong with you. Cause actually this one changed from one to two. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad people miss that. I guess haters get to hate whatever. Yeah. You know what I would say to them for who the bell tower tolls, baby. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Haley Stankfield debuts in Hawkeye already clad in her purple superhero outfit, the gear directly referencing David Asha's comic book design. The purple is virtually a matching shade and the shaping is near identical. Hawkeye's only notable deviation is covering up areas of the comics left exposed. <laughs> yeah, Shortly before Kate Bishop <laughs> Yeah. Shortly before Kate Bishop decides to attempt to determine what actually causes the campus clock tower to ring, we see a plaque at the bottom of the tower. Stain Tower. This plaque must be a reference to the MCU's very first villain, Obadiah Stane from 2008's Iron Man. Well, he had money, too. Oh, yeah. I did not even see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure there was somebody out there going, Stain Tower, we'll get out a cleaning cloth. Come on. Oh. Uh, 
As a, as a former man of wealth, Stain might have funded and opened the tower, and while most universities would have taken the sign down after the benefactor's crimes, Hawkeye wouldn't have the awesome Easter egg if it did. True that. Yep. While Kate might have had great aim, she also has pretty bad luck. After the dare goes wrong, the shot destroys the million-dollar bell tower. Ow! <laughs> I mean, she hit I like the bell once face, though. with a tennis ball. Yeah. And it does nothing. So she, okay, let me try one more thing, and she... Puts that little mechanical grasp on it and fires it. It grabs the rope and it rings. Now, how much? I mean, that couldn't weigh 10 pounds. It was probably one or two at the most. Yeah. And and it brings the whole damn thing down. Come on. <laughs> See, it just shows <laughs> it was structurally unsound. And exactly. it would have fallen and somebody would have sued. See, you know what? She actually did you guys a favor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe the uh, bell ringer uses a feather duster to, to make it ring. <laughs> Anything beyond that, disaster. Yeah, somebody grabbing the rope to ring it would put more weight on it than what her arrow did. So Yeah. Oh, my God. I like, I like how her true friends take off, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she makes eye contact and they're like, zoink. <laughs> so as Kate heads to her mother's place, the camera briefly lingers over New York's Grand Central Station. Since 2050's Avengers Age of Ultron, the MCU's version of this real-world building has been topped by a statue playing tribute to emergency workers who lost their lives during the Battle of New York. It's fitting for a Hawkeye, which tells a less superhero story. Real humans. Yes. I love that they did that, and I kept trying to like slow it down and look. It's like, I'm assuming that they had it. I couldn't stop it. I don't, know. I don't have those cool TVs where you can zoom in. Right. But I'm like, I love how they keep tying it together. Yes. It's the little things that yes. just get me super happy. Sure. So, I'm sorry. MCU is great at that. DCU, not as much, but yep. I still like DCU. Don't get me wrong. No hate mail, please. But <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> All right. Well, no trip to New York is complete without a Broadway show. That's so funny because I totally did that when I went. <laughs> Clinton Barton and the kids, Cooper, Lila, and Nathaniel, who is very much older than I think when we last seen him. Yeah. He was first born. Are in town to see Roger the musical. While also getting some much needed family time too. Okay, I was cracking up, I will tell you that. And I know we're gonna get into it, but I'm like, what the It's typical. Yeah. <laughs> Hawkeye marks the first occasion MCU Clinton Barton wears a hearing aid in his left ear, and this adapts an aspect of the comic character who experienced hearing loss in various printed incarnations. I know at one point I thought they were trying to allude to that in one of the earlier movies, yeah. but it never, I, I think the scene that they were doing got cut. So I'm very glad that they finally brought this in because it explains a lot more later too. Right. Whereas Hawkeye's comic deafness was a result of an attack or childhood trauma, depending on which era of comic book you were reading. Flashbacks later reveal that Hawkeye's condition is a, well, it could be any numerous things that happened with the Avengers because there was a whole lot of really loud bangs. That's an understatement. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But featured prominently in the Hawkeye trailer, the premiere episode satisfies fans who were hungry for more Rogers the Musical. <laughs> it, was, it was so cheesy. Broadway tribute to Steve Rogers contains many a Marvel Easter egg, both visually and sonically. On stage, actors are dressed as Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, Black Widow, Loki, Hawkeye, Thor, and Ant-Man. Was there an Ant-Man? Yes. <laughs> Did I miss that? <laughs> Finally oh, getting his that was dude. the one dude, okay, that had the little weird symbol. Yeah. Got it. Never yeah. mind. Now it dawns on me. Okay. 
Rogers the Musical most glaring era is putting Ant-Man in the Battle of New York when Scott Lang was actually very far away and very far from being a superhero at this point. Ant-Man's inclusion is probably a gag about Lang's size-changing power. Because he can shrink, the public just assumed that he was there fighting the Chichari, whilst invisible to the naked eye. Yeah, probably not. No doubt Lang has done very little to quash these rumors, and it gets even... I don't know, stranger, better. I'm not sure what the word is I'm looking for because the lyrics are better, referring to Hulk as incredible. Ha ha ha. Giving Rogers his I can do this all day catchphrase. I was dying when they were singing that. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. You know, people on Broadway are like, all right, I know this had to be done, but they're probably cringing too. I'm just saying. I cringe. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know. But I mean, can you imagine the professionals who watch this? They're like, oh God, why? Well, most of the <laughs> actors in this were Broadway performers. <laughs> They're like, I'm getting paid, but right. I'm going to cringe later. It's terrible, but I'm getting paid. <laughs> it makes me wonder, and I don't know if it's in here anywhere, about Spider-Man the musical, because I heard it was kind of cringy too. So maybe that's why they took this from... But anyway, let's go back. The Tasserac and Stark nuke both get mentioned. Iron Man also sings about getting shawarma when we're done. What the? (laughs) By the end, the best lyrical Easter egg has to be, we'll blame you then, but you're good for now. Like, what? (laughs) This acknowledges how the Avengers were celebrated at first and slapped with the Sokovia Accord in a few years. Yeah, that was kind of crappy, but I guess it is what it is, right? Yep. Already understandably skeptical about the song and dance reenactment, Barton looks even more displeased when a cardboard Loki riding a Chitauri glider floats across the stage's backdrop. I was a little upset. I'm like, why do we see all these wires? If this is Broadway, come on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They are better than that. But it took a minute to even realize that was supposed to be Loki. Right. Maybe that was just me because I'm like, what the hell? And then it's like, oh, right. Anyway, this is likely because Hawkeye, who shot down a flying god of mischief with an exploit arrow during the Battle of New York, was obviously front and present because he was the one who did it. And I thought, no, wait, rewind. I thought Nat took Loki down in the actual movie. Am I remembering it wrong? Because I know she was on one of the... I think so. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I was going through my mental files. Nope. I'm like trying to think. Yeah. I know Hawkeye didn't like, well, Hawkeye. 10 years ago. Yeah, that's true. Those boomers don't have that much storage anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hawkeye was not digging his version of Hawkeye or, well, so much the version of Black Widow. I think it was a little traumatizing because Rogers the Musical just did not give the archer his due. He did a whole lot more. But for Clint, the most traumatic part was not just the awful tunes and the bad costumes, but again, seeing someone play Black Widow. And I loved the way they filmed her, though. I will say this, how they kept her face kind of hidden behind the hair. Right. So it would, I feel like, trigger his memory more of her. Yeah, she moved fairly well for... I wonder if it was her stunt double. Yeah, it might have been. (laughs) I noticed the costume fit well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love how everybody else is in, like, regular clothes, and they're like, no, we need Black Widow in this super tight-fitting Lycra outfit, though. Yeah, comic books. <laughs> Hammering home Bart's emotional reaction, the girl in the audience spots Hawkeye and waves to him. And she's wearing exactly the same red, braided hair as Natasha, triggering Clint even further. Yeah. 
And I will have to say, I thought it was funny when he he's like staring off and not hearing anything. And his daughter starts waving in his face. Yeah. <laughs> Did you turn down your hearing aid, which is the first time yeah. get them acknowledging that. Right. <laughs> and I was like, that's funny. I think I probably would have, too, at that point. But he goes to take the longest bathroom break possible and finds Thanos was right. Scrawled on a urinal. <laughs> okay, now granted, people are scrawling graffiti everywhere, but really, at a Broadway show, I never thought I'd see that. Right. But, <laughs> well, is that worse, or is that taking a, a selfie with a urinal back? <laughs> right, yeah, that was hilarious. I couldn't believe this guy. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I, good time? Yeah, random guy. And, and I... Obviously, not a guy, but I know there's a rule. You don't go right next to somebody at a urinal. You leave space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the dude walks right up next to him, and I love him. He just kind of looks at him and shakes his head like, are you serious? Yep. Well, there's always somebody then, out there that's in a measuring contest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> staff, staff, staff. <laughs> Deciding that he cannot do this all day, especially after the guy, yeah, tries to get a selfie a second time when Barton is washing his hands. Granted guy didn't wash his hands either i'm like ew yeah he decides he can't do this all day <laughs> and he goes outside and family starts coming out because they realize this was really bad so instead they're gonna go take in the sights of new york city at christmas and they get a call from mom laura back home eagerly waiting her family's return and decking out the family farm with decorations with only one week to go until christmas again kind of thought it was weird she wasn't there yeah I didn't know if there was other reasons and they just kind of wrote it in. I guess she wasn't available. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad they brought her in. I like right. her, but yep. it was right. a, a strange setup. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. We're together and, in the same room. What are they? Superman and Clark Kent? <laughs> <laughs> and then the fact that you said he looked uncomfortable because they go out to dinner and they're like, no, 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 you're not paying. And he just like, I'm not that guy, which I feel like plays in. I think it was episode two and it's like, no, you're too low key. Right. So it's just kind of interesting that people recognize him because he is one of like, I would say probably the least recognizable because he's not always out there in the front. Right. Yeah. Everyone seems to recognize him. Right. <laughs> You're my favorite. It's like, what? Okay, cool. But really? I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just like, yeah, if he's kind of hidden, I would not think all these people are like, oh my God. Right. I am totally into Hawkeye. He's awesome, which he is because he does some pretty <laughs> badass stuff. Right. I mean, I can see a lot of archery people, but just like random little girl, like, I know you. Like, really? I feel like she would know Captain America, and that's probably it. Oh, she might have the whole uh, action figure. Yep. <laughs> oh, she <laughs> has a whole set. Yeah. She understands that Hawkeye's the only one that doesn't have superpowers. So, oh, you know what? Other that... dogs would cling to yeah. Hawkeye. Yeah, because they have a shot at me. Yeah, that's right. Hawkeye and Black Widow, yeah, the only two that don't have some big, big thing. Actually, I feel like Black Widow even more than Hawkeye, because he's got that super, like, I don't want to say bullseye power, (laughs) but can't miss. Yep. Hmm. Now I'm going to be thinking of that. That's another person I know. (laughs) (laughs) Another Daredevil connection there? I get it. I think they're all going to be falling in here somehow. The Young Avengers may be busy. Anyone that's reading uh, Daredevil now, by the way, there is multiple bullseyes right now because they cloned him. Because, of course, they did. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Of course. <laughs> Nobody ever dies in the comic. I'm going to have to get to the comic book store and start starting new ones. So Kate Bishop returns home after Bellgate, taking a verbal <laughs> lashing from her mother, who's Bellgate. putting the repair bell. 
telling her daughter that young people think they're invincible and rich people think they're invincible. And she reminds Kate she is both, and eventually it's going to catch up with her. Kate notices an unfamiliar collection of swords around her mother's place. That's yeah, that was kind of weird. Not good. <laughs> That's an allusion to more uh, comparisons in the bedroom. Yes. How big is your oh, sword? God. <laughs> guys got issues. Yeah. <laughs> There's an early holiday surprise waiting for Kate, unbeknownst to her, her mother is engaged to Jack Duquesne, a man Kate knows nothing about. Blades also nod toward Jack's comic book counterpart, Jacques Duquesne, otherwise known as the supervillain Swordsman. Thank you. We were trying to figure out who the heck this guy's supposed to be. Right. I had no, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought he was a regular dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though Hawkeye hasn't explicitly made that connection just yet, this Easter egg foreshadows a future twist. She's less than thrilled with the news, giving her mother a hard time about it and quickly turning aggression towards the new couple. Kate's also not the only one with a bone to pick with Elnor and Jack as she meets Jack's uncle, Armand, at the charity event. Armand the third out of seven. <laughs> Yep. Armand is eager to talk to the young bishop about the upcoming nuptials, but Kate then hears Armand giving her mother a hard time later. Did he threaten you, Kate asks her clearly flustered mother. All Elnor can stutter back is, I don't know, brushing it off and heading back to the party. You think she didn't know? Nope. I, I think she confused. absolutely knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then she's quick, then she's then she's hiding something. Yes. Everybody's hiding something. Yes, everybody is. Kate may not see eye to eye with her mother, but she can certainly see when she's in trouble. True that. So trying to find uh, more about Armand, whose really close friends call him Candy. Kate follows him into (laughs) Kate follows him into the basement wine cellar where real off the books auction is taking place. Anyone need a dice score skull? What? 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 Really quick, was that the hotel that Kingpin was supposed to be like on house arrest in? I don't know. I hope so. Yeah. I thought it was. It just really looked like it to me. And I meant to ask you guys earlier. I'm sorry. They should have cast a shadow, maybe a, of a horn figure against the wall someplace. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got that huge dinosaur skull. Yeah, yeah there you go. They cast a, a shadow. Jurassic Remember, Park for music. whole use only. <laughs> as opposed to what? Macy's Parades? Day Parade? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hawkeye's episode number one centerpiece comprises of a secret black market auction that draws very heavily from. Matt Fraction's Marvel comic story. In the 2012 Hawkeye series, Kate Bishop broke into a supervillain auction that a very incriminating tape features Clint Barton, not that kind of tape, was up for sale. (laughs) Thank God. In Hawkeye, the tainted treasure isn't a VHS, but the Ronin costume and sword Clint used between Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. In my boomer brain's like, how'd they get their hands on all this crap? Exactly. You know what? I was wondering the same thing. And I just have to say, they couldn't sell VHS tape. None of these people would know how to play it. Yeah. Well, only kids know how to program those anyway. (laughs) So Candy sits in the crowd and soon joined by Jack as they both try to outbid a recovered artifact from Avengers Compound, Ronan's sword, which again, I couldn't recall. So they know more about it than I do. Avengers Compound. They talk about the one that is a Honda place in <laughs> yeah <laughs> in georgia okay spider-man homecoming revealed how much alien tech went on a walkabouts after the battle of new york thanks to dealers like vulture that's true the same has happened again after avengers compound destruction in avengers endgame they really need to take care of this stuff though yeah right like why aren't you bringing your own people in and i was that's like, fixing it market what is it on ebay too 
Yeah. <laughs> it might be. Might be. Numerous items have been recovered. Huh? You just yeah, got to do gross. deep dives for that. Yeah. <laughs> Numerous items have been recovered from the wreckage of the facility and, and subsequently found their way into the illegal auction. Yeah, yeah, people are digging for it. These include Rodin's retractable sword with his ninja costume and a mysterious watch. Hmm. Okay, watch was I the only one that had, like, what the hell is with the watch? Like, I was fixated on it this whole, the first two episodes. Oh, absolutely. And it has to be Tony's watch, right? And have a bunch of nanotech or something. Did we get an answer? Maybe. But there's also another possibility that we'll get to here shortly. While Jack wants the sword, Armand ends up being the highest bidder. Thanks, Candy. (laughs) Now, what was funny was, oh, because Armand says, you don't have the money for this. (laughs) I'm going to, aren't I? (laughs) But that had me going, wait, if he's supposed to be this rich dude, why doesn't he have that kind of money? Yeah, he's trying to marry into money. That's right. He probably blew because, all his money. Yeah, <laughs> and black market auctions. Yeah, that sword collection probably cost him a small fortune. Yeah, I know. Blew his money on swords. That's like me yeah, baseball. That's a rabbit hole you can go down, apparently. <laughs> anyway. And else was right. <laughs> Something suspicious is, is up outside of the auction, but Kate tries not to pay attention to it. She's got to focus on Armand and Jack. However, that plan is quickly abandoned as an explosion rocks the building and a horde of masked men wearing tracksuits storms the cellar. Meet the tracksuit mafia. I don't I know how they knew. Unless... The so do you guys think they have, They must have had an inside man, right? I assumed they... it was Jack. Yeah. Because he... <laughs> he seemed to be stalling with the bidding. Right. Yeah. That, that's how I felt. He's connected, but we don't see him and other things, too. But we're going to be getting to that, too. Right. <laughs> so they're looking for a specific item, and it must be in and out of the area as quickly as possible. The true goal of the tracksuit mafia's raid is to swipe a mysterious watch pull from the Avengers compound. The nature of the piece isn't obvious, but the red face could imply Stark tech, hence the high value. Hawkeye certainly wouldn't be the first MCU story where a piece of Stark technology serves as a MacGuffin. And maybe that's all it is, too. A MacGuffin? We'll never know. (laughs) The label uh, reads, Avengers Compound Lot 268, the villain in Avengers 268, a certain Kang the Conqueror. That would be it. What? Yeah, whoa. Oh, my God. I kind of forgot that we had that first. And what if this is all some weird timeline? Dang it. (laughs) Jack uses the time to pocket the Ronin sword because his jacket has a huge pocket in it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a guy named Jacques does have a huge pocket in his jacket. Drawing another parallel to the comic, Kate steals a Ronin costume for herself and masquerading as a vigilante where Young Avengers number four saw Kate nab Hawkeye's bow while investigating the titular teenage team. Seeing it as a perfect disguise and not realizing that it's Ronan, the Ronan suit. There's probably a million out there. She dons the cowl and starts trying to get everyone to safety and fighting off the tracksuit men. It surprisingly works, and soon she's flying into New York night while wearing the suit. Cornered by two members of the tracksuit mafia at the disrupted auction, Kate Bishop stomps on a bottle, sending it flying to the face of a nearby goon. I bet you get that trick from her mother. <laughs> the trick has echoes of Captain America stamping on his shield and catching it, but Kate's maneuver also pays off a hot by opening flashback where the mother flipped the carrot stick. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Preparing each scene reveals Kate might take after Eleanor more than she thinks. Let's Secret hope secrets. Not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Everyone liked her fashion, but I wasn't so hot on him. Like, is that a... No, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want to see Kate's a red outfit, but no. She right. looks like a waiter. Yeah. No, we get the weird, like, sheet-like dress. That felt very 70s to me. <laughs> like 60s, 70s dynasty or something. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
All right. Well, fleeing the scene, Kate stumbles upon a one-eyed dog, which I'm like, oh, look how cute, who's giving the tracksuit mafia some trouble. In fact, stopping him from taking the watch that they'd been looking for. But members of the tracksuit mafia say, bro, an awful lot. Good Lord, I was losing. I'm like, stop. <laughs> you do. It, but, you know, it's whether they're speaking to friend, foe, male, female. So, you know, they just kind of use it like, hey, bro, what's up? Yeah, they're all stuck in the 70s. Is that more 80s? Yeah, I don't know. Still back mm-hmm. in time. This trait comes directly from the comic debut in 2012 and could get annoying just as fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did. Hawkeye's premiere introduces Pizza Dog, the one-eyed canine that Kate takes a liking to. The Mutton MCU version, Lucky the Pizza Dog, from Matt Fraction's comic book, albeit with some minor changes. Originally, Clinton found the dog first, and Hawkeye seemingly dropped the Lucky name, too, which I kind of felt like it was going to be named Lucky. It might still be coming. Right. Because <laughs> as soon as I seen the dog, I'm like, oh, he's probably going to be named Lucky, because I, I had no idea what the comics. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Kind of weird to have him named Lucky and consider he already lost an eye. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like that's why they would do something yeah. like that. Yeah. As both Kate and the dog run from the tracksuit mafia, Kate aerobatically saves Pizza Dog from an oncoming vehicle, which again, if you watch the opening scene, you would know that she was a gymnast. So yep. not as weird as it seemed. The scene mirrors the Fraction comic books where Lucky gets tossed into oncoming traffic by the tracksuit gang. Oh, no, you don't do that to dogs. <laughs> uh, no. And then gets taken to the vet by Hawkeye because he's a good man. Tracksuit mafia, I would have to go through the TV and take you out then. The MCU's Hawkeye team clearly realizes the dog being run over isn't very Christmassy and would piss off the fangirl. Yes. <laughs> Not, know- <laughs> Not knowing where else to stash her new furry friend, she takes him home to her apartment located above a pizza place and conveniently the dog really seems like pizza too that's good my my dog is so picky she would probably try to eat it and then leave it just all over the floor in a big mess (laughs) my dog should eat the pizza and the box yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh she'd probably eat the box over the pizza because she's so weird hey i got a quick question before we go too far because i forgot about it till just now in the earlier scene when with young kate at the funeral Right. And we had the tombstone behind her. Was that supposed to be her dad's tombstone or was that another name, like somebody in the family that's going to come back? Because it was pretty prominent, but still in the background. I feel like that's one of those Easter eggs that they throw in. It's like, okay, pay attention because this is going to come back. It might be. I don't think it was her dad's, but it probably I'm, is somebody in in the family. That's for sure. Okay. With that I just wondered. Money, they've got to have <laughs> half the freaking cemetery. <laughs> yeah. I just wondered, because it was one of those weird ones, it's like, it's supposed to be in the background, but you can clearly see the name. The husband was named, I mean, the father was Derek. Wasn't it Robert? Okay, no, it wasn't. Yeah, so it had to be like grandfather or uncle or something. Okay, just needed to ask that. Sorry, guys. Squirrel. Convinced (laughs) that Armand is up to something, Kate does the only sensible thing she can think of. Break into his apartment and try to find out what he's up to. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) However, she almost immediately regrets this decision. Still dressed. Almost. Yeah, she's still dressed in the Ronin costume. She snoops around his lavish place, coming across custom butterscotch candy engraved with his name, before finding something even worse. Someone has already visited Armand, and Kate finds him dead on the floor. Hearing Armand's housekeeper return, 
Kate flees the scene. Uh, Simon Callow briefly plays Armand Duquesne in Hawkeye, and his role adapts a minor character from the Marvel comic books. Armand appeared as Swordsman's father in 1989's Avengers Spotlight number 22 and was responsible for turning his son towards sword fighting. As such, it's fitting that both men share a blade obsession in Hawkeye. So the apple didn't roll too far (laughs) from the tree, but it didn't turn exactly out that well. No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the Bartons' Christmas is about to take a major detour. After a day of New York City sightseeing, the family returns to the hotel to find the top story of the night is that, as Nathaniel puts it, a ninja has saved a dog. (laughs) Because everyone's always got their camera out. I can't even get a video of my dogs misbehaving, but these guys always have their cameras out. (laughs) Rapidly (laughs) catching up to Robert Downey Jr.'s Marvel credits, real-life news anchor Pat Kiernan has featured in the Avengers, Spider-Man Far From Home, and many more. Kiernan makes his MCU return in Hawkeye to report on the Ronin. While everyone gets excited over Marvel's upcoming multiverse crossovers, it's worth remembering Pat was there first, connecting the main MCU to Marvel uh, Netflix shows such as Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Guy got the best job ever. (laughs) That's so cool. But the ninja looks shockingly like Ronan, and even in the new caster wonders if this is the return of the dangerous vigilante who has been seen in quite some time because they stole his uniform box. (laughs) Immediately recognizing the costume, Clint springs into action knowing that he's got to get that suit off the street before anyone gets hurt, good or bad. Hawkeye episode number one confirms a small but intriguing detail regarding Clint Barton in the MCU. No one knows he was Ronan. Aside from his wife, Laura, the animatic Val from Black Widow, and his fellow Avengers, the world at large has no idea Ronan Hawkeye was the same man underneath the mask. Yeah, I don't think a little girl will be turning around the theater to wave to him after that. No! Right? <laughs> <laughs> Even his kids are ignorant of that violent truth. Well, would you tell your kids? Yeah, you know, when you guys were gone, I killed a crap ton of people. Yeah. 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 I wonder not, if, uh... not exactly a Christmas story. Just saying. No. <laughs> So he should have an unhealthy dose of PTSD. I wonder if we'll see that in the rest of the episodes. Well, I, mean, I thought so. that was kind of coming out some with yeah. the Black yeah, when Widow he saw, thing. Yeah. yeah, when he saw Black Widow on stage, he's like, ugh. Yeah, so I'm assuming that we're going to get the crossover from the Black Widow movie happening in here, too. So I assume that it's going to come out pretty hardcore later. But needing to flee Armand's apartment, immediately Kate rushes out into New York City streets, only to come face to face with the tracksuit mafia. Apparently, they are everywhere. This final fight sequence lingers on a member of the tracksuit mafia the others refer to as Kazi. In Matt Fraction's Hawkeye comic, Kazi... Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to say this (laughs) one. Kazimirazak. Oh, thank you. That's a weird name. Yeah. (laughs) Kazimir, Kazimirazak. Okay. It's an updated version of an old Marvel villain, Clown, who debuted in 1962. It'd be a whole lot easier calling Clown. Right? (laughs) Can I just change his name right now? Yeah. (laughs) Unlike Cosmere's, the MCU Kazi shows no obvious Clownism yet. Oh my god, turned into like Joker? Yeah. Yeah. Clearly outnumbered, Kate tries to fight them off the best she can and quickly is overwhelmed and takes refuge in a parked car. I feel like when she started running to the cars, they would have been like, what the heck? Yeah. You know, (laughs) this doesn't seem right. But it doesn't take very long before, well, that brief respite was taken away from her because they punched through the windows and on the verge of pulling her out. But wait, what was that? A second assailant appears on the scene, quickly taking the tracksuit guys out and then grabbing Kate. 
pulling her into an alley. Clint pulls the Ronin hood off Kate's face, and she exclaims, you're Hawkeye, as he grumbles, come on. (laughs) Maybe I missed something. I don't know how they exactly found her, even though her name's on the bell. Yeah, so. Yeah. But then they found somebody walking the dog. That's what I was thinking. Hawkeye finds her, too, and once he got, like, drones everywhere. Right, yeah. They must have some kind of surveillance. You know, they're I think the tracksuit mafia is probably tapped into a lot of the uh city's cameras. So those they, idiots? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think their boss is probably a whole lot smarter than they are. Yeah. <laughs> I would think so. Although I thought it was really cool because we got a brief glimpse of somebody we've seen before, Steve. Yes, Alex. Ponovic, yes, yes, who plays Ivan from the Tracksuit Mafia, who I honestly thought was supposed to be playing a version of like Red Guardian or something. Right. Because yeah, it was just was really hoping, quick. Recently. Yeah, I was hoping it was, but no, he's tracksuit. <laughs> he was in our other show, Van Helsing, very prominently as Julius. So I'm very glad to see him back and we'll see how that goes. Yes. Where his character ends up. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews and helps other fans of the show find us as there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and I hope you're enjoying our podcast, and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcast. Don't forget to check out www.fangirlzone.com to find all of the various ways to contact us on our contacts page. You can talk to us as a group, individually, however you want to do it. And you can find all the different podcasts that we have because we're looking at 30 plus different shows. We're everywhere. And we want to welcome all of our new subscribers who are listening to us over on YouTube. One very local cosplayer, Carlos, we'd like to say hello. Yes. So <laughs> for this episode of the Marvelous Post Split Podcast, I'm Steve. And who the hell are you? <laughs> I'm Sean Fangirlis. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're Hawkeye. And this is Mischievous Dave. Did I tell you guys that Haley Steinfeld makes me quiver? (laughs) There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the fangirl zone.